Braves, Bulldogs, Falcons, Yellow Jackets, Hawks, Eagles. From the heart of Georgia, it's the Bill Shanks Show. Number two of our program. Welcome back. I'm Bill Shanks. Thank you very much for joining us here on this Wednesday. Before we get started this hour, we want to, we want to let you know that the Kansas City Fire Department has reported to NBC News that at least 10 people have been shot at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl celebration in Kansas City, in downtown Kansas City. CNN is reporting that at least five people have been hospitalized, but Kansas City Fire Department has supposedly told NBC that it was 10. We do not know if there are any fatalities. Uh, We do not know how many are in the hospital, but obviously this is a, a situation that we're keeping an eye on here for you. It's a news story, and it is a sports story as well. And to me, it's an awful story that at a sporting event, we would have even a celebration for a championship, we would have something like this break out. So we will keep an eye on it for you. Uh, but several people obviously have been shot at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl celebration in Kansas City. And uh, we will let you know what we know as we go along here. All right, let's talk more NFL with Rick Fladford from Fox Sports joins us now. And he, of course, can be followed on Twitter at Fox underscore sports underscore ATL. Did you go to the Super Bowl the other day? I I wasn't sure if you were there or not. I I was not. I was offered a chance to be there if I would take back some words that I said uh, about the NFL and the kneeling issue, and uh, I chose not to do so. Um, I, you know, it's it's one of those things. You know how the politics work when you start getting up to the uh, top there, and uh, I'm I'm hopeful at some point I'll cover another Super Bowl, but I'm not kissing any panties to do it. Well, that means I'll never go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you rubbed off on me, Bill Shanks. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if they're starting to do that, I'm in big trouble. Of course, the team I cover and follow and love will never probably go either. So what the hell? But still, um, uh, we'll see. All right. Uh, we have we didn't speak to you last week. Uh, last week was your birthday and you were out of town. We hope you had a great birthday. But we, we want your thoughts on the press conference for Raheem Morris first, and then also your thoughts if you're able to see the press conference that Arthur Blank had on Friday. Your thoughts on those two things. Yeah, I, in general, I, I feel like the um, press conference with Raheem Morris and Terry Fontenot were, I mean, it was good, um, but I, I think what it lends itself to is Raheem Morris's. Uh, reluctance to be overly aggressive with statements for fear that he's going to upset somebody in the front office, meaning like Rich McKay. Uh, although I have been told, uh, you know, Rich McKay obviously was a, a part of his hiring. Um, he is not to be involved in that every day, but I think there's some kind of cloud here over Raheem Morris that he feels obligated uh, to Rich McKay. And uh, I, that's kind of the overriding uh, thought I have on the whole thing. I, I I think that his relationship with Terry Fontenot is, is good. It's growing. I think they have a lot of trust in each other. And I think for the first time, Terry Fontenot is starting to feel like he has the keys to the car. So, and, and regards to Arthur Blake, well, that's just more Arthur Blake. Uh, it's just disappointing. I, 
anytime you you're involved in anything that Arthur Blank's involved in, you you want to hear that one big pill, whatever that pill is we're looking for, and it never comes from Arthur Blank ever. Well, let's address this Rich McKay situation. When they announced in the press release that they were hiring Raheem Morris, they said that Rich McKay would not be involved in the day-to-day operations of the football program, football team. There was no resignation by Rich McKay with the NFL Competition Committee. He is still the CEO of the Atlanta Falcons. So I say this with all due respect. After listening to Arthur Blank's press conference last Friday night, they're all still full of crap, aren't they? Uh, yeah, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. And I, I do feel like if we go through a year like we've gone in the last few uh, with Rich McCann, I think you're going to see Terry Fontenot put his foot down and become a little more uh, vocal, uh, meaning even publicly. Uh, I, I think there's no doubt about that. Obviously, that'll usher him to the front door. But I don't know that that's a bad thing. If the Falcons can't get it together in the front office, and you're always playing the smoke and mirrors game because everybody's identified Rich McKay as a cancer. And I've said this on your show and every show I've ever been on, I like Rich McKay personally. It's been good to me over the years. But he's obviously a wet sponge when it comes, when it comes to being in the office and making decisions. It's, it's, it's not his uh, – not his strength let's just let's call it that we heard the word collaborative multiple times in the press conference with Raheem Morris no question that if that was not the key word for this organization Bill Belichick might be the head coach right now I, I, I wish someone would have asked Arthur Blank and unfortunately I was not invited to participate with all due respect Mr. Blank while you continue to harp on collaboration how has that worked for you in the last 11 years when you've had only two winning seasons? Isn't that a fair question? It absolutely is. And then then off camera, so to speak, uh, the question was brought up, how many NFL teams are going to go on the collaborative route and how many are successful? And his answer was, that's what the Falcons are going to do. So to me, I took that to mean that, hey, um, yeah, it hasn't worked anywhere else, but we're going to do it regardless. That's what I took it to mean. Well, it's amazing to me, and, and, you know, when I was listening to the Raheem Morris press conference, and I was impressed with Raheem Morris, I, I thought overall you, you couldn't complain too much at all about what Raheem Morris said. He, he wants to be an Atlanta Falcons head coach. He wants, to, he, he wants to take that next step in his career and be successful after not being successful as a head coach. He did mention that this is the third time that Rich McKay has hired him. And Rich McKay was off to the right, sitting with the family of Raheem Morris and others, evidently during the press conference. So, you know, the and and again, I, I repeat this for the 50th time in the last two weeks. If I could believe that Rich McKay will leave Terry Fontenot and Raheem Morris alone, I'm good with everything. But I don't know if I can trust that. Yeah, and uh... – I think you're, you know, you're you're making some solid points here. But I, like I said, I do feel like Terry Fontenot's gonna not going to put up with this much longer. Uh, you know, with his hands being tied, and he's he's really kind of the the whipping boy, if you will, only publicly, just because he's taken so much heat over things that have happened the last few years. Which, by the way, he's had very little control over. Uh-huh. So I think he's going to fight for his spot in this. 
and I do feel like, uh, well, I know this for a fact, uh, when Raheem Morris said that, and then later in the day, uh, I think he wished he would have taken that back. He wished he would not have said that. And even on his end, even though uh, Rich McKay was not the final decision maker, he was a part of the process. And regardless of how anybody feels about that, that still kind of leaves the hangover there that, oh, my gosh, you still got some influence in this. And uh, I, I just feel like this year, no matter what we've gone through in the last four, five, six years, whatever, um, we're going to see things start to pan out different. And that could be the, the you know, Terry Fontenot saying, hey, this place is a mess. Get me out of here. And when he says that publicly, then everybody, that's confirmation to all of us that we were right all along, in my mind. Rick Flatford, our guest, talking about the Atlanta Falcons and, of course, their inclusion of the phrase and the revelation that Rich McKay was no longer going to be doing day-to-day operations with the football team and instead is going to go to soccer was an admission that there was a problem in the first place, correct? Absolutely, and a lot of people felt that way too, including all the folks at Flowery Branch were, you know, quietly shaking their head like, yeah, he's he is a part of the problem, and soccer takes care of itself. What a great place for him to go and not mess it up. That's the way they feel about it. The fact that they can keep him out of the building and keep him from prying, uh, which I, you know, I got to confess here too, you know, with my relationship over the rich, the, the last couple of years, maybe I've been wrong a few times about him, maybe more than a few times, uh, just based on what he's told me as, you know, an individual private conversation. That's totally the opposite of what's being said at Flowery Branch. But I think a lot of people feel like it's time. And I think that uh, even some of the, uh, you know, front office people that nobody know about, nobody knows about, were involved in that saying, hey, he's part of the problem. He's absolutely part of the problem. It's almost like he's the parachute guy. There's a problem. He, you know, he flies in the seagull management. You know, you fly in poop all over everything and then you fly back out. Uh, that that would that's how it was described to me that Rich McKay has been involved over the last several years for the Falcons. Well, maybe at the least with Terry Fontenot having the direct line with Arthur Blank, which <laughs> Terry Fontenot may regret having if if he's had to you know deal with the the regular calls and the questions that are you know maybe maybe that will be better. We just we just have to wait and see because they're. He ain't selling the team anytime soon, so we can't worry about that. And therefore, you have to just hope that he picks the right people and that they are able to do what they want to do and and do it well. So, um, any ideas or not ideas? Any thoughts on who Raheem Morris has hired as his assistant coaches? Any 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 thoughts from you on those selections? Yeah, I think that Zach Robinson hire as the offensive coordinator. Uh, most people around the league seem to think that that's a that's a really good hire. On the other hand, the folks at Fox, uh, Howie Long and Jimmy Johnson, I've talked to those guys, Steve Mariucci, Jimmy Lake, that's puzzling to them. Uh, they just can't quite figure that out. And there, you know, a lot of that could be a segue to actually Raheem Moore staying involved on that defensive side of football, which is really what his forte was originally anyway. So it could be that he's that puppet guy for him. And if that's the case and it works, then nobody's going to complain. I think Jimmy Lake, is one of those guys, at least the way it's described to me, and I don't know him personally. Um, obviously, his his uh, past 
kind of leads you to believe that, wow, how do you get this far unless somebody's helping him? Because there's not a huge amount of success there uh, and a pretty decent sample size to go by, too. So I do think that's that's part of what's going on there. Um, I, you know, you, you kind of talked about Raheem Morse there briefly and, you know, wanting to be the Falcons coach. I, I do believe that uh, if they leave him alone and give him the support that he needs – and the right players. That's always been an issue, though, right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Raheem Morris will be successful, wants to be successful here, wants to be an Atlanta Falcon head coach. And, you know, we'll see how this plays out going forward. But I think if it is ultimately Raheem Morris and Terry Fontenot that report to Arthur Blake without Rich McKay involved, I think we're going to see some things uh, get moved out of the way. I mean, some of those hurdles mm-hmm. uh, where they where you kind of feel like they've been held back in the past, I don't think that's going to be an issue here. And Terry Fontenot's uh, reputation around the league is is phenomenal, um, you know, and his ability to identify talent. Uh, and a lot of people would say that. As a matter of fact, most won't say a bad word about Terry Fontenot. So it's going to be exciting if it does work out that way, where he is kind of the final say-so on this thing. Uh, and ultimately – you know, at least if you, uh, you know, if you make the pudding and the pudding's bad and you get fired, it's on you. Well, the one thing that Arthur Blank was not asked the other day, uh, among other things, I guess, not the one thing, one thing that he was not asked was, does Terry Fontenot have the final say? Now, I'm sure if he had been asked that, there would have been the same road taken about collaboration. But at some point, Terry Fontenot deserves the chance to pick these players, doesn't he? He, he? I mean, what would be wrong with simply saying, hey, there's going to be collaboration. We're going to talk about this. Raheem Morris is going to have a lot of, of saying what goes on. But at the end of the day, Terry's the guy who's got to pick the players. You would think that that accountability would be wanted by blank because then if this doesn't work out, well, he'll, he'll know who the hell to blame. That's exactly right. And, uh, you know, you hit on Raheem Morse and his input. Raheem Morse is absolutely fine with not having a lot of input on that roster. He wants to stay focused on being the head coach and responsible for what the product looks like on the field. But I do think the more time they spend together, uh, I think he and Terry Fontenot are building, you know, some real chemistry and a belief in each other. And I'm excited about that. And, you know, I, like I said earlier, if, if things start to go sideways, I think you're going to see Terry Fontenot publicly start saying, hey, look, this is baloney. It doesn't work. And as long as this other guy's involved, um, then I don't want to be here. Uh, because it's, you know, you throw somebody out there when, you know, it's time to catch the bullets and, and then you quietly stay in the background and you're the one, you know, calling all the shots. And that's not really fair to anyone. So I do think that we're going to see Terry Fontenot take a step forward. I, he's excited about it. He's told me personally he's excited about it. Uh, so that leads me to believe that there has been some talk about, hey, okay, Rich, yeah, maybe you're involved if Terry co- Terry calls you and, and wants some of your input. But I'm also under the impression uh, that Terry Fontenot has no desire to talk to Rich McKay about uh, identifying talent, uh, signing the right people. Uh, I, I think his it's, – it's not to say that Terry Fontenot is really arrogant by any stretch, but I think he's identified himself as a better talent evaluator than Rich McKay. No, I, I think, won't take much. Right. I, I knew you were going to say that, Bill. Yeah. And and I think not only you and myself, but many, many people agree with that. Yeah, it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's, it's really – I hate to keep on bringing it up, but it's it's a problem. And, and, and you know, if, if, he, if he had resigned from the committee – 
from the, the um, what do you call it, committee, the rules, rules committee, committee. Yeah. if he had resigned from, from that and not been even on the list of people involved in the Atlanta Falcons, then I would have bought it. But when all this hadn't happened, and, and he's not going to resign from that. He's been on that committee for 30 years. It is a powerful committee. But if you say that someone's not going to be involved in the day-to-day operations of your football team and he's still on that committee, then you're contradicting yourself. And, again, I don't like people talking down to the fans by trying to sell them a bunch of BS. We're smarter than that, you know, and, and that that's extremely cocky to me for ownership it's like part of the reason i can't stand rich mckay is because when he and thomas dimitrov try to sell us a bill of goods about there not being a, a salary cap problem it's like do you think we're helen keller and we can't <laughs> see the damn websites with the numbers that show you're in salary cap hell and cost you two seasons of crappy ass football and yet they tried to sell this bill of goods to us that they were not in salary cap hell i have no respect for that zero respect for that whatsoever and so you know that that's my problem but i certainly am pulling for raheem morris and terry Fontenot to be able to do their job now rick before we let you go i know we've talked with you in the past about justin fields it's already started to kick up a little bit about okay sounds like the bulls prefer to keep the pick at number one or at the least trade down a spot or two, but to get who they want, one of those three quarterbacks and the Justin Fields to Atlanta and Pittsburgh and other places are going to start kicking up here. Uh, any, any feedback from anyone on the likelihood of that being the road they take? Yes. And, and by the way, too, um, you know, I, I guess, you know, I'm going to say this whether I'm supposed to or not. Desmond Ritter has been told flat out he will not be the quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons next year. So that that lends itself to, yeah, there's got to be some movement here. And and I do think Justin Fields is the guy they would like to have. Here Here's the, the kicker on the whole thing. Supposedly they're only willing to give up one pick for Justin Fields, and that's, that is a first-round draft pick, but they're not willing to do the extras. And some of the other teams that are involved, Pittsburgh and and, and so forth, they're willing to do a little more than that. Um, I do. I have talked to Justin Fields' dad, and Justin uh, himself is really worn out in Chicago and would rather not be in Chicago. And if all else fails, would would love the opportunity to be in his hometown, especially with a really good head coach who believes in what's going on, and versus the you know being handicapped with what's going on up there in Chicago. And I, I know in the very beginning when they chose Kyle Pitts, and you know we had all these conversations. Uh, never take a tight end that high unless it's Brock, Brock Bowers. Now, granted, that's the George part of me, mm-hmm. um, but but I understand that. But I, I I do think Justin Fields would love the the opportunity to come here, and I think he has improved too. And I don't think he would be a bad signing, but I I can't see them giving up multiple first round picks for him. But they can't give up number eight for him. There's no way he's not worth that, right? Well, and I would agree. So so what I was told is. Not this year's first-round pick, but maybe next year's first-round pick. No, that's stupid. And, That'd and, be awful. Oh, yeah, well, and it could be worse than what it is right now, right? I mean, depending on how next season, this next football season plays out. Yeah. Um, but I think the Falcons would be more interested in, like, a, you know, two seconds and a third or something like that. Um, those first-round picks, you know, you got to be able to hit on those. And let's face it, the Falcons have not done that in the past. 
for the most part. I, you know, obviously there are some things that have happened. And again, too, I talked a couple weeks ago, and I think it was your show, uh, about Kyle Pitts quietly wanting to be traded. That's still out there. Uh, and I was told Raheem Morris is talking to him and telling him, look, you're going to be a huge part of what we're doing. Let's trade him for before. Justin Fields. How about that? Well, yeah, and and that's an option, too. Uh, supposedly, there there are several scenarios. I'm anxious to see how that goes. i got a really good source, and, you know, they've been right in the past, as you know, and uh, I'm kind of anxious to see how it plays out because I think they've got a real hand on what's going on with the, the pulse of the Falcons and their choice, uh, decision-making choice. Trade Kyle Pitts for Justin Fields and then draft Brock Bowers, and God knows everybody in this state would have a – They'd be happy. Guaranteed sellout. Yeah, they would go back to selling tickets versus giving yeah. them away free. Buy one, yeah. get 20 free. It would actually be, you would have a season ticket holders wanting well, exactly. to be here. And boy, what would it look like with Brock Bowers on the field, oh on the field God. in Atlanta? Holy smokes. You know, what a phenomenal person, too. I'd rather, give up, I'd rather give up Kyle Pitts for Justin Fields and then draft Brock Bowers at number eight and then draft a Michael Penix in the second round and have like a a you know a a, a Justin Fields slash development quarterback and let Zach Robinson develop one of them say hell can't you figure out one of these guys can be the guy here moving forward and yeah I'm I'm you know so I I'm anxious to see how this goes there's no question Rick great stuff thank you very much for your insight we appreciate it by the way we're getting ready to have a question now jeff dancer earlier today asked who is your favorites because you know who do you love who who's the sports athlete you love so i'm going to i'm going to ask the question in contrast who do you love to hate and of course you can tell your boy drew Brees he was first on my list <laughs> well why am i not surprised by my my one to hate though by the way is the peyton manning and that I think you and I talked about the side story about that that happened several years ago. He has this great image around the NFL, but he's obviously a very uh, very selfish person, self-centered, and I was really unimpressed. And I was I grew up in Indiana. I was a Peyton Manning fan until I had the interview with him, and it was really disappointing. Well, he came so. from Archie's loins, and you know who Archie <laughs> played for? Yes, I do. And by the way, I, I just want to tell your listeners, you and I were on the sidelines approaching the Manning plan as they're <laughs> they're uh, doing their TV thing for the SEC championship game. And you looked at me and said, I'm not going over there. I don't care what you say. I don't care what he's going to say to me. I don't care nothing about the Manning clan. So I'm yeah. going to give you kudos for that, Bill. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't want to be around him. You know, to have to act like Archie was some royalty and he was the royal family of football. The hell with that. Yeah, the Mannings, uh, they're, they're, they're the ones. No, nobody has to ask me that question. They know full well the Mannings. Archie, Olivia, Ar- Arch, uh, Cooper, Eli, Peyton, their wives, their children, their dogs, every damn one of them. It's just hey, first on my list. By the way, by the way, real quick, I know you need to go, but uh, will you be going to Texas next year so we can we can? Uh, oh yeah, dogs beat up on those guys. And uh, yeah, it's not going to be fun. Oh my gosh! Oh, it's going to be unbelievable, and I want to make sure I see Arch holding a clipboard. It's important to me. <laughs> I know it is. I'm sure I will be with you when we take that picture. Yes, <laughs> I, I can't wait to go there in the fair and everywhere else there in Austin. All right, Rick, great stuff. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. We will talk to you soon, okay? 
Sounds great, Bill. Thanks. All right. We're going to take a break. couple of things. You can talk Braves. They're there. We can talk Hawks. Will they trade Trey Young? How about that? We can talk about the sports person that you love to hate. Here on Valentine's Day, we're spreading a lot of love. The love to hate certain people. Tommy Lasorda, the Mannings, Danny Manning included. 478-646-ESPN. There's some baseball music right there. Back with more as we continue right after this. Now, back to the Bill Shank Show on the Superstations. I can't believe that J-Rad does not like the Eagles. That was disappointing. Glenn Fry. No, that's Don. Holding you close in my dreams. It's the Eagles. How can you? That's like un-American. Oh J-Rat will really be pissed in two weeks from today. Because the Eagles are our group? Yep. I mean, they're one of my favorites. I mean, oh my God, the Eagles. How can you not like the Eagles? Holy crap, J-Rat. I think he's going to be in the minority in that little competition. They're great. They're awesome. All right, back on our program here. We got love songs coming back from commercial. Baseball songs going into commercial. Back to that story out of Kansas City. At least one one person is dead. Multiple have been shot. Up to 10 have been shot. Again, if you're just joining us, there's been a shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs victory parade and celebration in downtown Kansas City. And according to the reports that are out there now, one person is dead. They do have two people in custody. And some reports have at least 10 have been shot. So we'll keep an eye on that awful story there. All right, to the phones we go. Plenty to talk about now. You can talk about the Braves. You can also talk about the Atlanta Hawks with the trade rumor about Trey Young. What do you think about that? And the sports personality you love to hate since we're talking about love and Valentine's Day. By the way, Ken from Coming on Twitter asked the question, Debbie Gibson or Britney Spears? Dude, come on. Give me a break. Debbie. Eddie from Ackworth, do you agree with that? Yeah, Brit- Britney's a... Uh, Slut. A little hacker. Hack, well, you said it, not me. So, there you go. Skank. Yeah, there you go. All those words, all those adjectives you like to use, Bill. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, your uh, love to hate is pretty hard to argue with, Drew Brees, but I, I think it's even worse on his head coach. Sean Payton's the one no, that I just love to hate. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I hated that guy. Yeah. And I thought about it growing up, Bill, the one I loved to hate was Larry Bird. I just hated that. Really? Did you hated Larry Bird? Really? Why? Well, I mean, it culminated with him breaking our hearts in what eighty six when he beat Dominique, playing out of his mind. You know, I just, 
I just never liked that guy when I was a kid. I was more of a Laker guy. I liked the show and all that stuff. I guess yeah. I, just, I just hated Bird growing up, really did. Well, I, I get it because he did. He killed Atlanta. He killed Dominique. But that I just thought he was the best shooter in the game. He was something to watch, though. He was he was unbelievable. And, uh, yeah, I you know, I, I of course, Isaiah Thomas is my – NBA player that I love to hate. I can't stand him. I hope he's having a bad day today. You know, and people probably think I'm a harmful human being because I talk often about people that I don't like. But, you know, you can take Ole Anderson and Isaiah Thomas and Sean Payton and Drew Brees and all the Mannings, including their cousin Danny and Tyma Lasorda, and just put them on a spaceship and, you know, challenge or go with throttle up. I don't think Danny's related to him, but I, I get your point. Okay. Uh, well, every time I start to feel better about the Falcons, Bill, you have on Rick Flatford, <laughs> and it goes out the window. Every time. <laughs> That's what Rick we're here Flatford. for, huh? <laughs> yeah, but I love Rick Flatford. He's great. He just tells it like it is. He's a great interview. But seriously, every time he comes on, I just feel a little worse about him. And, and now i kind of got my hopes set on this Justin Fields thing happening. And now I'm reading today that Pittsburgh's in the mix. It looks like that's where he's going to land. And it comes back down to the Falcons being cheap, and that's Arthur Blank. They're not going to pay the market price for him. Now, maybe that's overpaying. I don't know. But What did they say the market down. price was and what you had, what you saw? No, I was, going, they say? I was going with what Rick Flatford okay, told me okay. price. That's what I meant. But I, now, I thought what Rick said, I'm not disputing what he's obviously heard. That sounds high to me. I ain't no way I'm giving I, up that for agree. Justin Fields. Yeah, I would agree. I, I thought it was going to be that second-round pick and maybe a trade, too, with yeah. Aunt Pitts or Res Ritter or both of them. Hell, I don't care. Throw them yeah. both in there. Who cares? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I just kind of got and, – and just the, he mentioned it, the thought of Justin Fields coming home, and he's right. If you – and let me ask you this, Bill. Let's say it happens and we get Justin Fields and you keep that eighth pick. You mentioned it. All right, let's, let's say you trade Kyle Pitts so you don't have the tight end. I'll make it even harder. Who are you taking at eight? Are you taking Bowers or are you taking Dallas Turner? Brock Bowers. They're both there. You are? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well and, 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 and I'm not being objective when I say that. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I saw a large number of Brock Bowers games the last three years, and he's ridiculous. Now, people are saying that about Kyle Pitts, but the production from Brock Bowers is twice as impressive as what it was for Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts was a lot of projection of who the hell is this tall and catches it like this. Well, you know, now here's Brock Bowers three years later. Yeah, I would probably take Brock Bowers because I I, I think Kyle Pitts, you know, if, if that extra pick from Jacksonville was used in a deal for Justin Fields, okay. But I, I think Kyle Pitts, do you throw him in there? Okay, whatever, do it. And, yeah, I would take Brock Bowers. I mean, I, I like Dallas Turner, but it would be hard for me not. I, well, I'll say this. Just like we've been disappointed the last two years when they didn't take they didn't take um, uh, Jordan Davis and they didn't take Jalen Carter, I'd be disappointed if Brock Bowers was on the board and they didn't take him. Well, Mr. Businessman Arthur Blank, who's supposed to be this brilliant businessman, you want to sell out your stadium with Falcons fans all next year? Get Justin Fields and draft Brock Bowers. Yeah, and your Bills are done, my friend. Yeah, I mean, look be, at, and and, and look, I I am so, you know, I'm so am, ambiguous and and indifferent 
whatever you want to say about this quarterback situation, that I am just as comfortable with trying to go with Justin Fields as I am thinking that it's worth trading up for 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 Jaden Daniels or that we should wait. I mean, I, I, I don't want to pay $40 million to one of those quarterbacks. I, I just – I mean, Baker – if Baker Mayfield's going to want $40 million, he needs to go somewhere else. So that's ridiculous to me. I mean, he's – he you know, and, and I'm not giving 36 – I, me personally, would not give a 36-year-old quarterback, Kirk Cousins, as good as he's been the last couple of years, $40 million. Number one, he's already had that kind of money. And number two, he's old. I don't trust – I don't know if I trust – 80-year-old presidents or 36-year-old quarterbacks not named Tom Brady. And he's coming off an Achilles. That's not an easy Yeah, I mean, Mike, people just are ignoring the fact that he's coming off. I mean, so it would be tough if he was coming off an Achilles at 26. He's coming off an no. Achilles at 36. And that I'm uncomfortable with that, much less to give him $40 million. I mean, and I'm sure Achilles surgeries have really come a long way since Dominic did it 30 years ago. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll be fine. But you can't tell me that it's still not an issue. I mean, he's won the most fleet of foot before. What the hell is he going to be now? A statue. I'll end with this. Uh, and Justin Toscano was great too. But I keep going back to that fifth starter in my head, Bill. I don't know why. I just can't get past this. And nobody see you brought him up, and nobody really seems to be talking about him. Is Husker Yanoa. I mean, he, mm. that kid was an absolute stud before he hurt his hand. And does he have the kind of stamina that maybe a Bryce Elder doesn't? Or is he going to have that same type of issue mm. being a fifth starter? I, I'm asking you. I don't we know. Don't, we don't know because he's he's never had a full year in the big leagues before. Obviously, he when he broke his hand in Milwaukee, he was on his way to having perhaps – I mean, he was on his way perhaps to the All-Star game, for crying out loud. And then he broke his hand and was out for three months and really hadn't been the same since. Came back and then he got hurt with Tommy John. He's been he's been out. So I I don't know the answer to that. I, 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 these days, Eddie, I don't know who the heck is durable for, for even a fifth starter spot. I mean, that's why it's almost gotten to the point where – you have to have multiple options ready to go, and and I think that's where their their flirtation with Lopez will be there because if they think Lopez, kind of like Justin said, if they think Reynaldo Lopez can be a much better option as the fifth starter compared to what they went through last year and could give them twenty plus starts, then I think they may go with him. You know, then then. Because I, I, I just think Elder's got to go out there and just absolutely kick ass to get the job, and I don't know if he can do that. So if Lopez does win that, you, you say Elder goes to the bullpen? I think Elder goes perhaps as the Jesse Chavez long guy in the bullpen, yeah. And, but now he's got an option left, so he could go to AAA. But, you know, to me, if you, go to, if you send him to AAA and then if he struggles, he could not get back up here. I'd rather him go to the bullpen and do well and trade him if you could because, I mean, the value he had from last year when he was an All-Star is slipping away if he doesn't win the Fitzgerald's job and then goes to the bullpen, but particularly if he were to go to AAA and struggle. So, you know, I, I – I, I, and then, you know, I say that about Lopez, and truly I'd rather Lopez go to the bullpen because Reynaldo Lopez in that bullpen makes that, as we said with Justin, the best pin in the game Bar none, no discussion, aim close. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Thank you, Bill. Yes, sir. Thank you. We're going to take a break, come back. Uh, we got Jeff on, and Gray on hold. Jeff's got to tell us where he wants to go to lunch because he won our little Super Bowl shindig the other day. 
And we got three lines open, 478-646-ESPN. There's a little baseball music right there for you. Talking about the Braves, talking about the people, the sports personalities you love to hate. Uh, we're spreading a lot of love here on this Valentine's Day. Back with more right after this. Now, back to the Bill Shank Show on the Superstations. Lola Hootie and the Blowfish for Valentine's Day. I only want to be with you. You know what I think about when I hear that song? The 1990s. <laughs> In the flesh, right there. That's the 1990s song. If, if anything is, that probably is right there. Welcome back to our program here. 478-646-ESPN is our number. Jeff and Gray, so you said the other day, 24-21 Chiefs, and it was 25-22, to so you win the toaster. Uh, after the your, your call's over with me, hang on, and, and we'll get your address, and you can tell us where you want to go to lunch, and we'll, we'll send you to lunch, okay? That sounds good. Hey, I even called overtime, too, now. Did you really? Did you say overtime? Yes, I, I called overtime. I said that Mahomes would do whatever it took to win. Okay. I did say Buckner would kick a field goal, but whatever. He. I, I had Mike and Macon saying maybe overtime and uh, 30 to 27, but that was for the 49ers, but I didn't write down that. I, be, I mean, I believe you, but, yeah, that's, that's pretty good considering it's the second overtime game in the history of the Super Bowl. Yeah, I just – the way they the, – that's just the way the Chiefs have played all year. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just every game's been close, and if you don't put Mahomes away, he will beat you. Yep. <laughs> that simple. And, you know, I, I, it's funny. I saw someone the other day, and they were in a Chiefs jersey, and I, it was on Monday morning, and I said, pretty good game, hon. He said, yeah, those idiots who doubted him. It's like, well – and I, you know, that's why I went to Kansas City because I wasn't going to doubt him. It's one of those guys where you, you you can't doubt him until you have reason to doubt him. And we don't have any, even though he lost one of the four he's played in. Hell, I ain't going to doubt that kid. No way. No, he's he's a good one. I, you know, I'm about like Eddie, man. You got to quit having Rick on. I, I was feeling good. And- <laughs> Feel like we're just back to where. Well, and and I hate because I know a lot of that's because of Rich McKay, but I don't think we're wrong. Do you? Oh no, it's I hate McKay. Matter of fact, even though he's not a player, can he be my player? I hate the most. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know my coaches are. Uh, I didn't want. I think I may hate Shanahan more than I do Quinn. Kyle or Mike. The whichever one was our the one for this coach in San Francisco. Okay, Kyle. Yeah, Mike. Mike was the daddy who beat us in the first Super Bowl we played in back in ninety eight. Bill, you do realize the other night he did the same thing he did in the Falcons game. Crazy, crazy. He, isn't he it? went away from the run when that kid was punishing Kansas City. He went away from that run in the third quarter. What to have like three yards? 
Yeah, I, I think um, well, the stat that I retweeted was that the first three drives, the second half, they ran the ball one time, and all three were three and outs. All three, the first three drives, the second half were all three and outs, and out of those three drives, they ran the ball once. That's that's absurd. I mean, there's just no – don't give me that aggressive crap. It's just absurd. It's not good football. Well, look, I, I was telling somebody that day, I said, what if it's this right here? I, and I know this is just me, a conspiracy theorist. but uh, <laughs> So Shanahan wants to be the coach that called the play, right? Mm-hmm. But if you hand it off to McCaffrey and you win the Super Bowl and he wins MVP – all they're going to say is how great a running back McCaffrey is. You don't really have to call a great game. Just give it to that kid. He'll win you the game. I know. That's all I had and to do. That's all he had to do in the Falcon game was give it to our running back three times at the end of, end of the game, and we're not talking about it. But how how long did we – God, I can't believe we're still talking about this seven years later. We're going to be old and gray and still bring this crap up. You know that, Jay, Jeff. But how, how long did we think that Devontae Freeman had left the damn stadium before he finally – Saw him, and then when we saw him, he missed the block on Hightower that caused the sack. Yes, yes, I know. Ah, oh, that guy. I hope he loses numerous more Super Bowls the same way. Like, it'd be like a, <laughs> just a Groundhog Day every day. Shadow yeah. coaching and losing the Super Bowl. I know it. Because they, they, they were the better team personnel-wise. The best player is Mahomes. The better team was San Francisco. Well, I I think that is fair. I mean, I, I you know, San Francisco did have very good rosters, no question. I know after they got Chase Young for the trade deadline, I'm like, man, that defense is going to look pretty good, you know. Um, but and they played very well the other night, no question. They were worn out at the end, right? I mean, they were just damn worn out because it was 75 minutes of football. But yeah, I think that's fair. But uh, they 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 got totally out coached in that game it wasn't even close and you know even travis kelsey today in the podcast with his brother said when they announced that they were going to take the ball first in overtime we all just started laughing on the on the sideline the kansas city sideline and pretty much said let's go win the super bowl <laughs> yeah it was uh, – hey, you know what? At least it was a, two years in a row, great ball games. That's yeah. That's all I care about. It was. If our team ain't going to be in there, which looks like that may be for the rest of our lives, yeah. at least we got at least we got a good game. You're right. You know? No, you're right. All right, stay on the line and talk to Chris and and uh, tell us where you want to go to lunch, and we'll uh, we'll get you get you some free food, okay, Jeff? I appreciate it, Bill. How all right, doing, thank you very much. 478-646-ESPN. Ken and Macon. Killer. How you doing? Man, you can't even go to church. You can't go to a Super Bowl championship rally. Nothing without getting getting your butt shot out here. I'm scared. If the Braves or anything, Jordan have anything, I'll be scared to go that. Because the way well, it's afraid out here. It's bad, and uh, I don't know what these two cats' story is going to be. I mean, evidently one person dead and ten nine injured. They're now saying nine injured, three in critical condition, and one dead. And um, um, ten to they say ten to fifteen are injured, but yeah, it's awful. I mean, and again, it's a huge news story. But I'm talking about it because we, you know, we we've been to a couple of of these. I mean, we meaning the fans in this state have been to a couple of celebrations over the last couple of years: the two in Athens and the one in Atlanta. 
and to, to think that you can't even go celebrate your team without some wacko going crazy and doing something totally stupid for no reason at all. I mean, it's, it is nuts. It's crazy, killer. He couldn't even go to church. That's why Joel Osteen church got, yep. got shot. I know. It was awful. Awful. That was, that's, it's scary. It's just scary. People are crazy. That's what the problem is. They're nuts. Anyway. I'm talking, talking about the Atlanta Braves. I tell you, it's two, well, two players is not with them now. Well, they're probably more than that, but I like both of them, Kyle Wright and Mike Soroka, but I guess they was hurt stuff and they needed to get somebody new in there, which they probably needed it. But well, I, you know, they, they got the, the, the lefty reliever from Chicago, Aaron Bummer, and I know a lot of us don't know a, a lot about him because he's been in the American League. He's with a bad team in Chicago. We saw him a little bit last year when he pitched against Atlanta. I've seen a lot of tape on him, Killer, and he's really good. I mean, he comes sidearm. He's kind of like Chris Sale. He's a little bit more extreme than Sale as far as the side armor. And, and he throws hard. I mean, he's he's a really good pitcher. I mean, this bullpen, Killer, I tell you, it, it's I, you know as much as we know about the offense and the offense – even if they don't do what they did last year, it's still going to be a really good offense. My gosh, this pitching staff could be substantially better. Well, it's about, <clears throat> about injuries, too, because that's what happened a lot with the Atlanta Braves and other teams. They get all these injuries. Right. Somebody's got to step up. Just like Georgia, when they get injured, the other, the other person's got to step up and, and fill the position. And hopefully, whatever happens, happens. But I just hope that some way some way Atlanta Brave can get the state of Georgia back on the map and and win it and, and win it all in twenty twenty four just like Georgia Bulldogs. I do too, Killer and I we look, we're gonna have six months of I think a great baseball season, a ba- a great regular season. Then we gotta hope the Braves are the hottest team in baseball in October. And they can win it again. I mean, two two titles in four years would be outstanding. I'll take that in a heartbeat. It's hard to win two in a row. It's hard to win. I mean, it's hard to do what the Giants did a decade ago when they won three titles in five years. That was unbelievable. They won in 10, 12, and 14. And, of course, they haven't won it since because it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard to win a World Series. And, uh, you know, I think you look back on the Braves in the 90s and they – had all those great teams, and there's no doubt 95 was a great roster, but I don't know if that was the best roster they ever had in those uh, 14 straight division titles. But we'll see. Um, you know, we'll, 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 we'll see what what they are going to do. But I'm excited, Killer. I can't wait. I'm ready to rock. Yeah, also, the Atlanta Hawks, but Trey Young, I don't know. I understand what you said, but if they want to lose him, they better get somebody good because if they lose Trey Young and get traded, they all, the other team don't never want to give them nothing, and that's what scares me. So they they better be careful what they do if they do try to trade them. All right, real quick, who's the sports personality you love to hate? Who's the sport person I love yeah. to hate? Who is the one that you? I mean, who who's the one you just can't stand? Is there a player or a coach or someone who you just can't stand? Like, I can't stand the Mannings. Who who do you who can you not stand? Oh, uh, golly. I can't think right now. I'd... Okay. 
it just seemed from like I can't I I I mean as far as team in college football, I hated the Florida Gators. Okay, well that's that's good enough. That uh, I like to throw some hate toward the Florida Gators way. All right, Killer, thank you. Okay. All right. Wasn't easy for Killer. Killer doesn't have a lot of hate in his in his soul, so it was hard for him to come up with that. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Back with more phone calls here on the Bill Shanks Show.